You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. ago I was operating a cat d6 bulldozer anyone know what a cat d6 bulldozer is amen I was operating one of those and noticed that the track was loose Wayne would that be a catastrophic uh, failure would it be or what but I noticed that the that the the track was loose Amen. You may be seated. I was going to let you sit down a little bit. I didn't want you to sit down yet, but that's okay. I noticed that the track was loose, and I got out to investigate. I thought maybe it was the idler. One of the idlers was wore. A bearing was gone. thought maybe the sprocket could have somehow get cracked or broken or, or just wore. But after I inspected it very close, it was evident that the track was only loose because of lack of maintenance. Now, if I would have continued to operate, something would have broken. Something would have broke. And many times in our Christian life, we go until we're broke because we don't do maintenance. Now, I decided to try to tighten this track up and uh, you know it was my first experience and I was really surprised how easy it is to tighten the track up on a great big bulldozer you know you would think that you would have to call a team of men you would have to call specialists you would have to um, get a lot of people there to fix that but it's as simple as taking a little two little bolts off of a little cap and taking a grease gun And just pumping some grease into it, and that little piston tightens the track and keeps it tight. And I got thinking how isn't that like our walk with God and our faith? Because we need to have faith. The Bible says we can have faith to move a mountain. Is there somebody in here you have some mountains in your life? And and you your faith maybe just is not to the place that it needs to be. I find myself in the in that situation many times where I, I have a mountain, and it's like, God, where's my faith? Right. Where's my faith to move that mountain? Right. In reading the book of Hebrews and the book of Romans, studying that, I came across the passage that talks about being just before God being just before God. And if I were to ask today, and I won't ask for raise, people to raise their hands, but if I was to ask today to each every individual here, are you just before God? Are you just before God? Most of us would start doing some soul searching. Most of us wouldn't have the courage to put our hand up to say that I am just before God. But what it means to to say that I am just before God 
It's that everything is taken care of. The, the, the price of sin has been taken care of, and now I am justified before God. And so we can truly say that we are just with God when we have done the maintenance in our life. I'll take my text today from 1 Timothy 6 and 12, and you can remain seated because I'm just going to share a few scriptures. 1 Timothy 6 and 12, Paul writing to Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight to keep that faith in your life. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And so... Um, fighting the good fight is essential for eternal life. We need to keep that faith in our life. And then in Hebrews 10 and 32, Hebrews 10 and verse 32, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, after you received the gospel, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Amen. You endured a great... Sometimes, um, you know, we preach the prosperity doctrine that, you know, you come to the altar, give your heart to the Lord, and everything is going to be so wonderful. And uh, it's just going to be so beautiful. You're going you're to be rich. You're going to live in a mansion. All your problems will go. Just come and give your life to the Lord and pay your tithes. The reality is you're changing sides. The reality is that when you give your heart to the Lord, all hell breaks loose against you, against your family. And that is why we need to keep the faith. We need to have the faith. We need to walk in faith. After the early church experienced a new birth, new birth experience, they stirred up much affliction against them. And so they thought, that it was a place of honor to be thought worthy to suffer the reproach of the name of Christ. And to the church and, and colleagues, Paul wrote, Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, and to all patience and longsuffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And so, um, when we come into the, to the church, when we are illuminated, when we receive the new birth, we receive, we put our faith in God. We put our faith in God for salvation. And so, we were justified, just as if I didn't sin, when we put our faith in the Lord and we, Obeyed the scriptures. We need to obey the scriptures. And it's the same when we're sanctified or as we, as we live our Christian life. We need to put our faith in God and obey the scriptures. And eventually we will be glorified. For some of us, it's, it's sooner than some others. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter... Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 34 and 35. Quenched with the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of the weakness were made strong. 
waxed valiant in fight. There is a fight. Turn to fight the enemies of aliens. You need to look that one up. And then it says in verse 35 that women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now if you go back to um, chapter 10, Paul is recommending a life of faith. He's recommending... Um, you need to go back and read verse 10, the end of, of chapter 10. He, he's recommending that we live a life of faith. And then he goes on to give all of the examples in the next chapter. And in one of these examples, he says in verse 35, women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured. And, and I begin to read this, and, and I thought I would take a little study and find out what exactly Paul was talking about. These women that received the dead raised again. And so in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, you read about the Shudamite woman. And when we read about her having her son raised to life again, when I, when I read this passage of Scripture, I, I, was, I was taken by the preparation that she had made beforehand. You see, the Lord spoke to the children of Israel, through the prophets. We're thankful today we have the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for that, but the Lord spoke to the children of Israel through the prophets. And so um, she had faith. She made a place for the prophet. She made a place in her room. That was her promised child. And so she made a place. She made a, a place within her family, a place where... Um, the prophet could rest in that room. She put a bed, a table, a stool, and a candlestick. And there was a time when she needed faith to move that mountain. When her son became sick and her son died, she needed faith. And when we read the story... What did she do? Did she prepare a burial? Did she um, call somebody to, to go and dig a grave, um, get the preacher to come and do a service? No, she had already prepared for her miracle. And she had them bring her child and lay her child on the prophet's bed. She had already prepared a place for her miracle in Hebrews 11th chapter verse 39 and these all having obtained a good report through faith receive not the promise and so all of these examples in this in the passage of scripture they didn't have the Holy Ghost like we had they didn't have the Holy Ghost we have the Holy Ghost amen we can prepare a place for the Lord but I think, and I've been thinking the last um, few days, I've been thinking about um, where we live and how um, it, it seems like people put faith in God to come to the altar. They put their faith in God to, to make that initial step. And then they expect their life just to be uh, roses. They just expect it to be an amazing life. And it is amazing life with God's people. 
Amen. But there will be some battles. Amen. There will be some mountains. Amen. There's people that are in here today um, that you have faced your mountains. And myself, I'm standing here today because um, it was a mountain. I was a mountain that I placed in front of my family when I walked away from God. Amen. But my mother chose to move the mountain. My mother chose to pray. And there's people that are in this church today because people chose to pray. They chose to put their faith in God. I'm not able to move a mountain in my own ability. But I will guarantee you if you give me a D6 that I can move a mountain. Just give me a little time. And God has a great work for us. There's things in our families. We have lost loved ones. Amen. We have people that we can win to the Lord. We have situations. You have things that God wants to prepare. God wants to do something in your life. Amen. But we need to have the faith today. We need to be able to stand just before God. Lord, there's nothing. There's nothing between me and my God. Lord, I've prepared my heart. I'm not perfect, God, but I give you my life. I give you my life. And sometimes it's children of God, as saints, amen, we need to go back to the altar and say, Lord, I give you my life. And each and every day, I learned each and every day on a piece of equipment, it's a lot easier just to take the grease gun out every day and just grease those parts that are going to wear. And it's a, lot, it's a lot easier every day as a Christian to just to get on your knees every morning and say, here I am, Lord. Lead me, God. Whatever, wherever you lead me, God. I want you to be with me. Let's not wait until something falls apart in our life. Amen. But let's live for the Lord. Amen. And so having our faith in God is walking with God each and every day. Thank you for allowing us to be here. We love this church. Amen. Love the Carters. Amen. And looking forward to the word of God today. Thank you, Brother Calhoun. Amen. Thank you, Brother Calhoun, for what you just shared this morning, and um, a great thought that we, we, come to, we come to the altar and we give our heart to the Lord, and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, change life. Life still happens. It changes our aspect, our outlook, our possibilities, but life still happens in our life. And so what he, what he was sharing with you this morning, of course, is, uh, you know, the faith to move the mountain. We have all kinds of things that we rely on. We rely on the name of Jesus. We rely on prayer. We rely on faithfulness to the house of God and worship. And I'm going to talk to you for a little bit on the authority of the word. The authority of the word. Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and the, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When speaking about the word, uh, we get some understanding in John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was 
with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14 says, And that Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Psalm 119, 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Psalm 119.105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Verse 11, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Some of our struggles in life, challenges of mountains, is that we're not spending enough time in his word. We're not spending enough time studying His Word. You cannot grow without eating. You will not grow spiritually without devouring the Word of God. When I talked to you this morning about the Word, what you receive on Wednesday and what you receive on Sunday will not be enough. I'm just feeding you twice. That's, that's not enough for the week. I mean, you're, you're fasting the word if that's all you're eating. This morning, you have to determine in your heart, if you're going to move mountains, if you're going to be successful in life in your walk with God, if you're going to move forward in what God has for you, you need the authority of the word. When you bring in the word, John wrote it and said, the Word was God. You're bringing Him into your life. When you put this into your spirit, uh, that Word that was made flesh, uh, hallelujah, that's already settled in heaven. It won't return void. It is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, and it'll help you to stay away from sin. That's His Word. So I give you this morning some facts about the Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Sound a little bit like Hebrews? Continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that the person of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Some facts about the Word. Number one, it is the foundation of our life. Without the Word, we have no direction. From an early childhood, Timothy, according to Paul's writing, was taught the Scriptures. That word learned is derived from disciple. 
Therefore, discipleship is, is something that, that's, that begins at a very early age. We just dedicated Robert. He doesn't even know the significance of everything that's happened this morning. But we've started him in the Word, discipling him. The learning process lays a firm foundation upon a person's life. This is the way that it's meant from the beginning. And these words, he said, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not over radical, maybe a little extreme, but I don't mind finding out what the scores were yesterday. I kind of have that little part of me that is inquisitive and likes to find out what the scores are. Okay? I have, I have a little bit of sports uh, likes in my life. But the, sp the scores are not what's most important for your kids. It's not what is the most important that they learn today. It's the firm foundation of the Word. It's not more important for them to know every player on the team and not every prophet of the Old Testament. Now, I'm going to, you know, I, I get transparent in some of these things, and I, I put myself out there for possible criticism. But it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm secure enough in myself to realize that I don't have everything down pat, okay? So here, I'll tell you. This is a kind of a weird experience that happened to me last week. I'm driving across the border. And I get to the border, and you know how you're all prepared. You got your passport. I have my little vaccination card ready. You know, I've got, I drive up, you know, just cautiously. Okay, we got rid of the grapes. We got, we got everything ready and in order. And we get up to the little place, and I put it in park so in case I don't hit the gas on purpose and run through, drive through. I put it in park. I pass him with my passports already open so he doesn't have to try to find the pictures. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being really good about everything. Don't want no hassles at the border. Where you live? Chris Pam says, where you going? St. Louis. For what? Well, I'm, I'm actually flying into St. Louis. I'm going on to Branson for a Bible quiz tournament. Oh, who's the prophet of the, or the judge of the Old Testament that was willing to give up his daughter if the people didn't follow what he said? Uh, uh, I, I, know, I know I've heard that story. I'm giving you a hint. It was a judge. Uh, yeah, it was a judge. Um, no, this is no joke. My wife can testify to it. Then he tells me, the answer is Japheth. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need to, 
You need to shape up a little bit on your Bible. At that point, I didn't even want to tell him I was a preacher. The whole point behind what I'm saying this morning is it's the foundation. It's not about the scores or, or what's happening in the world that's most important. What is most important is the foundation of the Word of God in your life. The authority of the Word. I left the booth. We started driving. I looked at my wife. I said, what just happened? Okay, I've got to hurry. Number two, the Bible is the infallible truth. When we say the scripture was inspired of God, it means God breathed in the Greek. We're stating that we're not the product of, of man's mind, but it was the product of God. He was the author. Yes, there was different writers, but there was only one author. All scripture. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Stop questioning the Word. It's inspired of God. Well, I don't know this and I don't know that. Listen, it's inspired of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Take the word of God and place it into your spirit. It's the infallible word of God. People get all bent out of shape about the actual words and there's nothing wrong with going back and knowing exactly what... The Hebrew words, the Greek words, what was spoken in Latin, all that stuff. But the principles are still the same. It's the infallible word of God. If you're going to move mountains in your life, if you're going to be able to survive in 2022, you're going to need the authority of the word. Number three, it's profitable to read and study it. God gave his word to benefit us. A believer this morning profits when he puts the word into his life. The Bible says meditate upon his word. When you talk of the scripture that I read to you, it speaks about the four areas that the Bible is profitable. It's profitable for doctrine. It's the importance of the very basis of what you believe and do. Doctrine is not some word that, that we, we scare people with. No, doctrine is what I stand for. It's what I stand on. It says for reproof. Reproof is a warning, church. The word's not to, to, to kill you. It's to warn you. Bring you closer to God. Bring you into greater relationship with Him. Bring you in a closeness of, of His Spirit. That's why he said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. It's given to me for correction. The Bible not only tells me when I'm wrong, but it shows me what to do right. Sometimes we have a mentality that, that this and this and this is what you can't do. But the Bible tells us what you can do to make it right. 
What's so incredible is, no matter how terrible your life has been for however many years, just your obedience uh, to the Word takes everything from the past and removes that through repentance. You talk about a powerful thing. However many years, decades, whatever you've done, what you should have did that you didn't do, all that stuff piled into one thing and say, I'm going to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, here I am. Would you take my heart and clean it up and forgive me of my past? And instantaneously, something powerful happens because of the authority of the Word. Oh, you talk about a powerful word of God. Hallelujah. It's not about everything that's wrong. It's about what God can do to make it right. Ah, it's incredible for instruction in righteousness. It's a practical book. It's like an owner's manual that helps you do the maintenance that's needed in life. I'm thankful for the word. I've got chapters marked in my Bibles, chapters that maybe are not as significant to other people, but different difficulties and trials and tribulations and struggles in my life that God gave me the word at that moment that I needed to get me through the authority of the word. Folks, it's essential for your spiritual growth. You can't mature without the Word. The Bible says the Word makes you and I perfect. doesn't mean that we're without mistakes. It means that we are complete. We mature. We're prepared for the Lord's work. The knowledge of, the obedience of the Bible brings us into a spiritual maturity. What happens is you have people that love the feeling of the worship, and they love the, the excitement of, of the energy that happens maybe within a service or within an environment, but that won't keep you. Because when you're feeling all alone and you're all by yourself, I'll tell you what you can stand upon. You can stand upon the Word of God that's settled in heaven, that doesn't change. That's why, that's why he says it's if that word of God, the design of that verse in Hebrews 4 and 12, it shows us that we cannot escape the notice of God. When you put yourself into the word, you automatically open yourself up to God's presence. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The sense is, is that God in his all penetrating and searching abilities goes deep into your heart. The Bible says the very intents of your heart. He knows what I am thinking. It's how powerful the word is. The word of God is what God speaks whether it be a promise, whether it be a warning, whether it be instruction, whether, whatever it may be, God's word is what speaks into my life. His word is truth. 
music come. See, truth always has, has the power to change my life. You never have to. You never have to defend truth. Truth defends itself. Whether you like the word, whether I like the word, whether someone likes the word or doesn't like the word, doesn't change it. The word is settled. Whether I obey it has no bearing on whether it's true. What happens is when I decide to take the word of God, which is quick and powerful, and add it into my life, it immediately opens up a searching of God's presence into my life. It becomes like spiritual food. All of a sudden, something goes deep into my life to the very point of even my thoughts. Does he even stop there? The intent. What? The possibility of what I'm going to do. I mean, it's incredible how powerful the word is. And he uses this. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. That was a pretty common, common deal in the Roman Empire, to have a sword with two edges. Because when it, was, when it was put into something, it didn't just cut one way. I mean, it, it, was, it was precise in making sure that it was going to accomplish what it was there to do. Well, that's what the Word of God is like. When the Word of God goes into my life, listen, He's not trying to destroy my life. He's trying to cut out the things that are not supposed to be there. He's trying to cut out the things uh, that have gravitated to me uh, that are not helpful. He's trying to change uh, what's in my heart. Uh, he's trying to give me hope. Uh, he's trying to give me a future. The Word of God is quick uh, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. As soon as we hear sword... We think it's uh, something to kill. It's not the purpose of God's Word. His desire is not to kill our lives. His desire is for the Word to remove the things out of our lives that are not necessary for our lives to be with Him. The authority of the Word. And that, this morning, church, is the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is the word goes in and it's there to destroy you. And the enemy, that's what he did. He, he focuses on, you know what? You've had a bad week. You're going to go to church and the preacher's going to talk just to you. And you're going to be highlighted. And you're going to be focused on. And, and you're going to be dragged to the altar. And everyone's going to lay their hands on you. And you're, that, that, listen, God doesn't talk that way. Your flesh and, and the that's what he tries to do. He tries to take the word to destroy. And God says, just come into my presence. And I'll cut away the things that are not of me. I'll take the things out of your life that are unnecessary. 
I'll just remove those little parts of your life that are fatty. I'll just take all that stuff out and allow my presence to sweep into your life. That's because His Word, that's why He says it won't return void. That's why He says it'll be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. That's not so that you run into a pole. No, that's so you have direction in your life. It all, it all comes back to this powerful word that he's given us, the authority of it. The enemy doesn't want you to follow, listen, heed, obey, and most of all, fall in love with. But as soon as you make up your mind, I'm going to fall in love with this word of God, something is illuminated in your spirit. Something is brought to life in your life. Something is brought alive in your your heart and in your soul. And His word starts to accomplish what His word desires to do. I'll end with this. Romans 10 and 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Stand behind this pulpit and hopefully every other person that stands behind this pulpit preaches the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repentance, baptism, and infilling of His Spirit. A separated, dedicated, committed, consecrated life unto Jesus. That this would be a church that would always preach the Word of God. Stand upon the Word of God. Hold true to the Word of God. No matter which way the world's going. This is the authority. Stop trying to figure out whether it's for this generation. Stop trying to minimize whether it's, it's for this group of people, this century, this. Stop doing all that stuff. God, open up my heart to receive more and more of your word. And as soon as you make that decision it comes alive inside of you it's not there to kill you it's there to get out what's not of him so there's room for more of him his word the authority of his word this morning God woke me about this message and about this day and he simply put into my spirit Hebrews 4 and 12 and I knew what it said and God what is it that you want people to know this morning what is it you want them to hear he said I just want them to focus on the authority of my word can I tell you this morning there is nothing higher greater 
more important than his word. Nothing. It's not the preacher. It's not the music. The most important thing that you can be part of this morning is his word. I want great program. I want our church to be friendly. I want us to do outreach. I want us to show ourselves apostolic in our city. I want all those things. But nothing will change someone's life except the Word of God. Everything else will be temporal. But when they come in contact with His Word, how can I believe unless I am told? And how can I be told without a preacher? Well, I don't know if I need the church. I don't know if I need you, Pastor. Too bad. You do. You need a preacher. You need a church. It's not a conceitedness or a cockiness. It's the Word of God. You need a shepherd. The sheep without a shepherd stray. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.